0: This episode of Astronomy Cast is brought to you by Swinburne Astronomy Online, the world's longest running online astronomy degree program. Visit astronomy.swin.edu.au for more information.
1: Astronomy Cast, episode 339 Space Conspiracy Theories. Welcome to Cast, our weekly facts-based journey through the cosmos, where we help you understand not only what we know, but how we know what we know. My name is Fraser Cain. I'm the publisher of Universe Today, and with me is Dr. Pamela Gay, a professor at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, and the director of CosmoQuest. Hey, Pamela, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. How are
1: you doing? Great. Now, first, I need to wish happy birthday to me, and not me specifically, but to Universe Today, which, as of March 23rd, 2014 is 15 years old Dang. i know right 15 years i've been running a uh, universe today so for the last what seven almost eight we've been doing astronomy cast so how cool is that
0: that it, it's really we're the old people of the internet
2: it, <laughs> I know, it's kind are.
0: of terrifying to think about uh, people keep claiming that internet thing that's for the youth it's like no
1: <laughs> so and then one other thing is to uh, let's give a one another shout out we're probably doing this every week for yes. the hangout a fun that's coming up in, in like yes. a month
0: so April uh, 26th, 27th we are going to produce 36 straight hours of content uh, everything from uh, discussing space and politics to uh, education to live episode of Astronomy Cast, live episode of the virtual uh, star party. Not that those aren't live generally, but special episodes during the Hangout a Thon. And uh, the goal is to raise money to keep all of our humans employed because eating is good and doing science is good and the federal government uh well doesn't fund things that are good necessarily.
1: Okay, one last time, what's the date?
0: It's April 26,
1: 27th. Perfect. All right, let's get on with today's episode.
0: This episode of Astronomy Cast is brought to you by Eighth Light Inc. Eighth Light is an agile software development company. They craft beautiful applications that are durable and reliable. Eighth Light provides disciplined software leadership on demand and shares its expertise to make your project better. For more information, visit them online at www.eighthlight.com. Just remember that's www.thedigit8thlight.com. Drop them a note. Eighth Light Software is their craft.
1: Yes. We actually landed on the moon. No, aliens didn't crash at Roswell. What is it about space exploration that leads to so many conspiracy theories? We'll try to get to the bottom of these conspiracy theories, poke holes in their ridiculous ideas, and help you build your baloney detection kit. Ah, where to start, where to start? so uh so what do you do you want to start with older ones newer ones most ridiculous ones uh and then we'll start trying to undercover the the philosophy pick one at random give me a a space conspiracy theory that that uh, you think is hilarious
0: uh crop circles whoa good one okay yeah
1: so so what are what are crop circles
0: uh, so so basically there's all these images generally taken either from up on a hill uh, or uh, taken from an aircraft or something else and they show these often amazing geographic this, that and the other thing, uh, circles, uh, circles and triangles and squares, uh, fractal patterns. And the claim is that it is not possible for humans to create such patterns overnight. And and the reality is, yeah, it is. It just requires rope and wood. And really, it's not that hard. Get over yourselves.
1: Well, and I think the most hilarious part about this is that the person who, the team of people who actually created these crop circles and kind of invented it in the first place just couldn't take the rampant conspiracy theories anymore and demonstrated how they did it. They took full responsibility. They showed all of their tools. They made crop circles for people. And people still, people still don't believe them.
0: It, it's really kind of amazing. And what, what I love is, is like if you go to, to Avesbury, the Standing Stones that aren't Stonehenge in England, um, the, the gift shop that, that's at the part of Avesbury where the park is and where the pub is, Um, has this entire wall of pictures of crop circles that were taken all throughout the United Kingdom. And last time I was there, they had this little handwritten sign saying uh, something along the lines of, we are not condoning that this was done by aliens. But the fact that they're there causes people to think, oh, it's aliens, because... Aesbury standing circles fairy magic all of this somehow gets tangled together um yeah it's kind of confusing
1: so i think i want to put one little nugget of that into the into the psychology conversation that we're going to have a little bit later which is that even though it's been completely and totally debunked by the people who started the scam it doesn't it hasn't held up. it doesn't slow down if anything it's it's been increasing Okay, so crop circles is, is a great and man that is that is just like boiled down to its perfect essence. It's simple, easy to explain. That's a space conspiracy theory. Uh, so let's keep going.
0: Um, well, along the same lines, and and this wasn't on the list. I remember to send you ahead of time, but it, we just made me think of it. Is the whole the pyramids the the Stargate theory that the pyramids all around the world, pick a culture that built a pyramid, they had the help of aliens.
1: And no. And no, they did not.
0: <laughs> but, but we're still but not we're... entirely sure how the pyramids were built, but that's mostly a problem of... Uh, we prefer not to think that that many slaves got killed, but that's a personal problem.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I know that the pyramids are in some way i mean they're very carefully aligned what north south so the way they've been the way they've been structured the way they've been placed you know there's clearly some thought about geography and there's you know some theories that they match what the uh Uh, belt belt of Orion. of orion and i'm actually
0: good with that being true because the the egyptians were master geometrists And the idea that they would align them perfectly north-south so they could get all of the pyramids completely symmetric. I don't know about you, but I'm the everything must align person when it comes to doing things in like Illustrator or someplace that allows me vector art. Well, this is like the masonry version of vector art. They just made sure everything aligned with what they had to align it to, which was the North Pole. Uh, So no big deal on that. Why not make them look like the belt of Orion if if you believe that there's uh, deities in the heavens? Um, I'm good with that part. I'm just not good with the whole notion of it required an alien spaceship to come down and say, thou shalt and provide the technology. No, that didn't happen.
1: And it's funny because you get this situation. And again, this is another part of the conversation for the psychology discussion, which is that you can have a situation that you're not certain how they did a thing it is unknown how exactly did the egyptians move those stones from you know dozens of kilometers away the rock from the quarry to get it across the desert to get into position to get it up the hill to get it in place was it a great big earthen ramp was it some kind of scaffolding system was it cranes whatever We don't know exactly how they did it and they didn't provide good explanation. But just because you don't know how something was done then doesn't require the leap to aliens did it.
0: And, and people do stupid things that you wouldn't naturally figure out how they did it. So, so for instance, on, on Fail Blog yesterday, I saw a photo of a big forklift holding a smaller forklift, holding a smaller forklift. And this stack of, of forklifts, lifting forklifts, the smallest of the forklifts, was carrying up the stuff they needed to get to the second story. I personally, if I knew what set of forklifts they had available, would never have considered stacking forklifts forklifts because that falls into the not exactly safe category of things to do but a forklift so, is
1: just a weight right and so if, you know a forklift can carry yeah, a weight
0: they they can carry a weight but that whole calculating center of mass thing i know didn't occur so mm. It just seems rather unsafe, and and so I'm sure there's ideas that that they came up with, given the tools they had on hand, that we simply haven't come up with, and that's cool.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great. So that's good. I. Uh, this is great. I, I. I would love to unpack your rationale and the direction of the ones you're picking, but uh, but please continue. What else uh, is a space conspiracy theory?
0: Well, the the rationale simply went from stone circles to pyramids seem to be related in my head why not so is it are you
1: sure that it's not the uh you know the secret nasa money the the uh the government uh cover-up that's making sure that you don't speak (laughs) about the uh the alien cover-up Mm-hmm. Well,
0: well, you, you mentioned initially oldest to newest, right. so I wasn't too worried about that. If you want a NASA conspiracy, the I think most tragic NASA conspiracy is actually involving Apollo 1, where Scott Grissom, Gus Grissom's son, and one of the engineers involved with the mission um, have made sad, tragic claims that... The fire on Apollo One was actually purposefully caused because they didn't want Gus Grissom to be the first person to the moon, and that the idea that his son would be part of that—it's just heartbreaking. And the idea behind that conspiracy theory is the short that caused the fire on Apollo One. It was an oxygen-rich environment, combusted, everyone inside died. They didn't have a method to really get the door open. It was just horrifying. Death by fire, I think, has got to be the most horrendous way to die. And the claim is that the the switch that was switched that caused the short, the short was something that purposefully occurred um, because things just weren't constructed Correctly.
1: I mean it was a bunch of things right there was there was high pressure of oxygen in the in the capsule the door was difficult to release that they had flammable material in it they weren't kind of trained for fire in the situation it was difficult for them to get out of their harnesses I mean they went after the fire they went back and completely redesigned everything they did inside the capsule with this risk in mind, because you can just imagine how terrifying and awful it would be if they were actually in space when, you know, when, when that happened, you would get a repeat of this disaster. And so, but, but, but the, and and I'll I'll be honest, this conspiracy theory is completely new to me. So, so there is the theory that, that it was, that the fire was started intentionally.
0: That NASA was so insert expletive that the the Mercury capsule Gus Grissom had gone up in had been lost at sea because he opened the door wrong and there was panic involved, that they didn't want him to be the first person on the moon. And because they were <laughs> off. Okay, there I went and used the expletive. You can beep that Preston. The the conspiracy theory is that NASA was so determined because they were upset that they'd lost one of the mercury capsules that they essentially killed off Gus Grissom rather than let him get the attention for going to the moon. Yeah, isn't that the most tragic? And it's yeah. the, the conspiracy theory is coming from his son. And yeah. it, it just it breaks my heart.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, well let's move on. Uh, that's just awful and wrong and
0: you wanted a NASA conspiracy theory.
1: I didn't want one that was so. No, I, I I wanted them all. I want all of the conspiracy theories. I. I mean, I don't even know what to say. So let's just move on. Uh, so let's talk about while we're talking about Apollo projects. Let's just talk about the the, the moon landings.
0: So so my favorite, and this isn't one of the standard debunked, um, but it's nonetheless my favorite moon hoax or moon conspiracy theory it's not a hoax a moon conspiracy theory is that the soviets back in the days when it was the soviet union had launched an astronaut to the moon um with one of their standard missions and it it wasn't an unmanned spacecraft but rather one that had a cosmonaut on it that they had absolutely no way of getting home and there was a mission launched right before the first Apollo mission. And the idea is that you have Buzz Aldrin standing there, digging up rocks, doing his rock collecting thing, and up over the horizon comes a dehydrated, half-starved cosmonaut going, hey guys, can I have a ride home, please?
1: And they left him there?
0: I don't know how the rest of that story plays out other than there's absolutely no evidence for conspiracy theory of, of cosmonauts on the moon. And this one goes into the whole, the Nazis had a lunar base on the far side of the moon. And there's also the theory that there were, depending on which set of conspiracies you read anywhere, from one to three cosmonauts that died on takeoff prior to Yuri Gagarin successfully making it into space. And and the thing with that one is prior to the collapse of the Soviet Union, I I think all of us were willing to say, yeah, that, that sounds like it could be true. We're good with that one. Can't go either way. But James Oberg, Uh, He's a really great space researcher. He does investigative reporting. He's actually pretty good with Russian. He went over and did a great deal of research after the collapse of the Soviet Union, digging into the now open archives and found evidence of at least one cosmonaut dying during training, but none dying during takeoff uh, that we didn't already know about. But the fact that it's now been Russia for so long. So many things have been released. So many cosmonauts have go ahead, gone ahead and written histories, written their versions of the right stuff. And we haven't seen any of them, um, and we haven't seen any now released records indicating to there being corpses of cosmonauts orbiting the planet or anything like that. So I, I think that when we can sort of say uh, propaganda from the Cold War that we can now say, no, actually, they didn't kill anyone off.
1: Okay. I mean, that... I mean, I wouldn't say it necessarily sounds believable, but, I mean, the fact that that, that Oberg went and dug into this, you know, that, yeah. that if anyone could hide such a thing, you could imagine a very secretive totalitarian government might try and take a shot at that.
0: Uh, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So... Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure we can write that one as nope
1: Yeah, uh, so let's talk about the moon landings because I think this is where a lot of this is leading so the theory goes that the, we, theory goes. the theory goes that we didn't actually land on the moon that the entire moon landings were done as a you know, on a set somewhere and by
0: Stanley Kubrick.
1: By Stanley Kubrick. And uh and then nobody actually went to the moon. Now, now there is a classic Mitchell and Webb look uh skit, comedy skit, and you can look it up on YouTube. Just look look for Mitchell and Webb uh Moon Landing. And the gist of the skit is that they're planning the conspiracy and they're saying, well, you know, we're gonna save all this money. Because we won't need a massive moon rocket, and the and the one of the researchers says, no, no, we're going to need a massive moon rocket because people are going to wonder how did they get to the moon, and they're like, they went in that massive rocket. Okay, fine, and so you know, so they're capable of going to the moon. So the the conspiracy is hilarious because all of the pieces were in place to literally get you know they had to launch a rocket capable of the moon. The astronauts had to return in a capsule. They brought moon rocks back. So, you know...
0: There had to be something that the amateur astronomers could watch flying toward the moon and track on its way back.
1: And now the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter is taking pictures in high resolution of the surface of the moon, including all of the lunar landing sites. No Nazi secret base. No uh, dead Russian cosmonaut. Only the... The landing sites as we are aware of them and they- so i Go ahead.
0: i i have heard a really interesting twist on this theory and i i've asked to be shown more information on it chris judd who judge rather I uh, who was on stargate one interesting argument he put forward was stanley kubrick did film because he had a camera that matched one of the the nasa cameras did film the entire landing segment that was shown on television but the actual landing occurred and the real issue was we didn't yet have trustable technology to do live television and the argument that one of the arguments that he used Um, was the I think it was the Super Bowl that year had failure in its live broadcast so the concern was here is the biggest moment in history and this is a global history everyone around the globe embraces the moment that humans first landed on the moon and this moment couldn't be trusted to the technology of the time so yes there were astronauts yes everything that that theoretically happened actually did happen but the broadcast that was shown on television was actually pre-recorded by Kubrick um that one intrigues me I'm not saying it's real I'm saying it intrigues me please tell me more
1: I'm calling nonsense because there was gigantic dishes set up. There's a whole group yeah, yeah, no, called no, no, no. the Dish I, in Australia right. that that was receiving the signal and the hijinks that happened for them to be able to receive the signal from the landing. That you know, that's where the broadcast came from. Was the general direction of I don't know the moon. So uh, yeah, no, absolutely not. I'm calling total nonsense. On I
0: that. I, I, and and, and i
1: nonsense. No, please.
0: And yeah. what I'm saying is. Um, part of me, the part that all of us have that wants to believe in random, insert noun, there's there's this, I wonder if they actually filmed a backup just in case, well, things failed down in Australia. That would amuse me to no end. I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying it intrigues me. Tell me more.
1: I'm going to add that to my psychology uh, collection <laughs> uh let's keep going so let's talk about aliens let's talk about the fact that there are aliens all among us aliens in 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 the skies and they are visiting us on a regular basis
0: so so i think my favorite aliens visiting earth book of of all books that i've read is john Scalzi's agents to the stars and the the Uh, not giving away the punchline uh, adapted from the publisher's summary version of this book is stinky, smelly, not particularly cute aliens come recognize that they can't really befriend the humans without terrifying them or at least deeply offending them with their body odor. And, and so they find a Hollywood agent to, Uh, help them come up with a plan for introducing themselves to the human race. And um, the thing that gets pointed out in, in this particular book is there's pretty much no way to enter the atmosphere without getting noticed. And and the problem is uh, NORAD, all the countries with military radar. Now, if you come in over the ocean, who are you going to abduct? You may not get noticed, as we've recently learned with the tragedy of flight MH370. But when it comes to entering populated zones, populated zones are covered with radar and they're also covered with people with dashboard cams and phones, and, and as has recently been uh, pointed out over and over and over by the Meteorite Man, um, when rocks come down, which they do on a regular basis, and rocks are way smaller than spacecraft, they're easy to spot. Everyone takes video of them, and we can go figure out where they landed and look for the fragments. When the space shuttle came in for a landing at night, it was the most amazing thing because you could see the ionization of the gas in the atmosphere. You could hear the sonic boom caused by the deceleration. It was just fabulous. There's no other way to put it. Uh, You can sort of imagine an alien race coming up with a form of powered landing that would prevent the sonic boom, but you can't, at least I can't come up with a way to do this. uh, That isn't very bright. Um, So, so, how are they getting here that not one Russian dashboard can yeah. has caught
2: it?
1: Yeah. Well, for me, I think it's more of a logical conversation. Like, like I think about the the Fermi paradox, and, you know, we've talked about this all, quite a bit in the past. This idea that that, you know, that there must be some explanation for why we're not visited by aliens because if you end up with aliens in any one part of the of the entire milky way within about a million years like mold on a sandwich you end up with aliens everywhere and so if you've got all these little places all the way through the milky way on the 400 billion stars. You know, you might get the alien that shows up with their super advanced space drive and they quietly come in and they look just like us and they they blend with humanity and they talk to the government and they join, you know, forces to oppress humanity. But for every one of those, you're going to have a thousand that come in with their great big Independence Day spacecraft, hover over cities and bully us. And so, you know, you're just going to end up with... Hundreds, thousands of these aliens showing up in all manner of spacecraft, and and so you
0: can't guarantee. So, so you have certain preconditioned notions in this. So so a very interesting. I, one of the things that pops. But they're
1: monoliths and they're pyramids and they're
0: <laughs> Shush! Okay. I got shushed. Wait.
1: You know, only only Neil deGrasse Tyson has been shushed. And Lawrence Krauss has been given that shush, the shush heard around the world. I I feel like I'm part of an esteemed collection. Please continue.
0: Okay, so so I've been on a science fiction reading binge, but trying to find science fiction that, is necess- that isn't necessarily astronomy, I'm looking for the other sciences. And uh, one of the, the books that that I stumbled upon was the cruise you and I were on a couple of years ago, there was author Robert Sawyer on it, and I have to admit, and I hate to admit, I hadn't read any of his books prior to the cruise. And so I've been working to fix that, because he was such a nice guy, it's like, okay, going to read all of the books with a nice guy. And one of his books is called Calculating God. And the idea behind it is a pair of alien races come to Earth on the same spacecraft. And they're not here to talk to our politicians. They're, they kind of refuse to talk to our politicians. They're here to talk to different segments of society, um, including a paleontologist at... Um, I believe it's one of the Toronto museums. He's a Canadian writer. And all of the aliens believe in God, which is where the name comes from. And of course, the American, the, the Canadian scientist doesn't. But but one of the things that comes up as a theme in this book is the reason that this, the universe isn't swarming with spacefaring faring races is as soon as they can, Societies reach the point, technologically, of transferring their intelligence from the, the body, which has a finite life, to the digital realm where souls, psyches, whatever word you want to have, personalities, pick a noun. Um, that essence of who we are can be digitally transferred into a virtual world where these these non-biological people um, can live forever and once they've transferred themselves into this digital reality they go to all sorts of extremes from locking up the tectonics of their planet to whatever to protect these these computers but they're no longer spacefaring because they're now memory-based life forms instead of physically based life forms so so imagine that the Part of the Drake equation that says the number of intelligent uh, species out there that we can detect is bound by how long the spacefaring race is out there isn't only capped by how long until they're destroyed by disease, war, whatever, but also by... How long before they digitize themselves? It was just an interesting premise I've never thought of before.
1: And for every mold that digitizes himself, and there will be five thousand molds that end up colonizing the entire sandwich. all I'm saying. So let's please continue. <laughs> uh because we're running out of time. Um uh, so one some one of our viewers actually just suggested a good one, which was the uh the face on Mars. As oh, jeez. Oh, right? So, that uh, one's
0: been totally debunked. totally debunked. Thank right? you, Mars High Rise.
1: Yes. Uh, the short version is that the original image is from the was it the mars the viking program mariner mariner yeah released an image of a mesa on mars that looked like a face like a kind of lighting face yeah it was due to lighting and then when and so people thought that was evidence that there was aliens on mars big cover-up uh that there was martians on mars um and Mm -hmm. big cover-up and then the uh later on high resolution images showed it was just a hill what a big surprise
0: yeah Things so, happen.
1: Hills happen. Yeah, and it it wasn't this ancient region on Mars with a Martian civilization. Okay, so we've got a few more minutes left. Um, I just want to talk about the the psychology. So why space? Well, it, it why space as a, as, a, as such a fertile conspiracy theory place.
0: I I think it's because society's decision on where magic comes from has migrated, and by magic, I mean any sufficiently advanced that we can't explain it with modern science can be conceived of as something reverent so it used to be in Chinese lore you had the um, spirit that would come sit on your chest and and this was something to be feared and now the same and and i think you've mentioned you suffer from this the same physical issue that causes you to wake up with your body still paralyzed when you go to sleep your your body releases yeah, a chemical that essentially yeah. paraly Yeah and and this way you don't generally beat up whoever you're sharing the bed with when you have a bad dream you can wake up while still in that sleep paralysis and it used to be, and Amy Tan has this in some of her books, wrapped in quite nicely as a plot element. Um, people would wake up, and there there was this this ghost sitting on their chest, or a witch sitting on their chest, if it was European lore. And now it's the aliens have per- paralyzed you, so it's it's your body grasping at straws and trying to find a supernatural way and I'm classing aliens and we're supernatural here to explain something that otherwise can't be explained because people don't know psychology.
1: And I mean, we have literally, you know, there is so many more. There is the the reptilian aliens, there's Planet X, there, you know, Nibiru. Little
0: gray men.
1: Little gray men. Are, um, the early the ancient astronauts with the Aztecs and the Mayans. Like it just goes on and on and on with these With these conspiracy theories and
0: it generally boils down to people trying to explain something that they don't have the intellectual tools to explain using science they either lack enough facts or lack enough understanding of science and and there's very little that we haven't figured out how to explain by having enough people dedicated to pulling on ropes and using something as wheels, pulleys, etc everything from the standing stones on Easter Island that people have blamed on aliens the the Mayan uh, gods where they, they say there was the white man who came, like literally a man who was white, not white man like Caucasian all of these things get blamed on aliens, um, but then when you look at, okay, what technology did they have, and you get enough of your buddies and your undergrads and your, your colleagues to pull on ropes, you, you can recreate how they moved these things. Standing stones at Stonehenge, all of these things.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. Thank you very much, Pam.
0: <laughs> My pleasure.
2: Thanks for listening to Astronomy Cast a nonprofit resource provided by Astrosphere New Media Association, Fraser Kane, and Dr. Pamela Gay. You can find show notes and transcripts for every episode at astronomycast.com. You can email us at info at astronomycast.com. Tweet us at AstronomyCast, like us on Facebook, or circle us on Google+. We record our show live on Google+, every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, or 2000 Greenwich Mean Time. If you missed the live event, you can always catch up over at CosmoQuest.org. If you enjoy AstronomyCast, why not give us a donation? It helps us pay for bandwidth, transcripts, and show notes. Just click the donate link on the website. All donations are tax-deductible for U.S. residents. You can support the show for free, too. Write a review or recommend us to your friends. Every little bit helps. Click support the show on our website to see some suggestions. To subscribe to the show, point your podcasting software at astronomycast.com podcast.xml or subscribe directly from iTunes. Our music is provided by Travis Searle and the show is edited by Preston Gibson.